0: his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leashed into 11-under. We've got a new leader, kids. Here it is! Adam Scott! A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going Inside the Ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day, everybody. Welcome
1: to the show. It is Inside the Ropes, episode 109. nine. Hundred and nine. I feel like you of a bit of an interloper after the magnificent performance of my, uh, the host of the program uh, last week and one of the co-hosts of the show. In fact, I'm going to bypass the regular first introductee <laughs> and say hello and congratulations to you, Ali Whitaker. How are you? I
2: am, I am fantastic and I'm happy to be in this seat this week, I have to say. Uh, Mari. You do a great job no, no, at making it sound easy. It's all it's care no
1: responsibility over there. Over here. This is the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> if it goes if it goes pear
3: shaped. It's always a bloke sitting here, isn't it, Hazy? Hello to you. Hello, Mari. I'm I'm sort of I don't like to butter you up, but I agree with Ellie. It's much easier sitting down the uh, down the boat. You don't have to be the, the stroke or the...
1: I'll just throw the burly out in the water today, <laughs> and you two with our very special guest can uh, fill in all the pieces. It is an absolute delight to have Stuart Appleby in the studio, home for a little while, part of Inside the Ropes. Lovely to see, and thanks for being part of it. Um
4: I think I've got the easiest job. I just sit here and listen to you guys <laughs> and occasionally chirp in. Uh, what are you doing back here for, a, you're back for a couple of months. What are you doing back here? Yeah, well, it's um, summer holidays in Australia for the, for the kids. So they've got two plus months off. We've decided to bring them back here this time of year, which is nice. I typically obviously be chasing golf balls over there. Um, you know, i I've been watching my footy a lot quite the last few years. I uh, subscribe to the watchafl.com.au. Some
1: very disappointing news on this front, too, I need to
4: add. Okay, don't. Anyway, so I, I, <laughs> mean, I wake up every morning. We get three shows, three games recorded every, uh, every week automatically. You never know what they are. So when I'm bored, I go out on the road and flick through that. And then now I get to come home and actually watch a bit of three-dimensional. Yeah. See it for real. So that's been fun. And then obviously catching up with family. Yeah, good. Uh,
1: There's a lot to talk to you about, about not only your life in golf, but what you're doing with the um, Junior President's Cup, which we'll do in the second set. But we'd love you just to be part of the cut and thrust of the opening segment. We'll work our way through the week that was. And Phil, we'll undoubtedly ask you some questions about some of the developments, particularly what happened over on the – PGA Tour this week, which is a genuinely extraordinary story, not necessarily one that's going to – a name over here that's going to grab too many headlines, Nate Lashley. But, boy, oh, boy, there's some good Australian stories to talk about as well. But when you, when you think about unlikely results on major – in major competitions slash major tours around the world, a guy comes in the last player in the field, ranked 353rd in the world um, – 14 or 15 years after, you know, unbelievable tragedy visited itself upon him as a college player. This is a, this is a
4: remarkable story. Yeah, mind-blowing. Um, you know, it's not hard to just want to focus on where, uh, we can use Nate as an example, but where someone's come from, from something quite heartbreaking. Um, and maybe he did find solace in, in golf, but it would have been very tested there for a long time. Um, well, you know all about this. I mean, I this was, is, mine know, was very yeah. tested. I honestly remember having a real flavor and mental feel very much straight after, you know, in 1998, um, after my wife passed, I will never play golf again. Like that's a chip that was mm. taken out of my brain and it was, I, I, I won't ever play. And wow. I get how that goes as you get older, you know, uh, oh, you think you, things are tested and bumped around, but that was, I was into it, loved it. Um, and then I just didn't want to participate in it. Now that was a fleeting, you know, you know, I thought, well, hang on, I think I can use golf to help me. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to hear what Nate, how he felt, but I mean, to have something like that, just a rocking event, uh, and how did he get through it? Who helped him get through it? And then to turn around and, and the pinnacle of his professional life would be to have won. Obviously that's mm. great. We don't do it very often. So it's most of the time you hit and miss a great story. Um, And man, that guy's matured and had to grow up real quick.
1: So for those who don't know, I mean, the backstory, he was playing NCAA tournament as a 21-year-old. His parents and girlfriend at the time had come to see him play in the tournament. Uh, They'd gone on a light plane, a little Cessna, I think it was, to fly back to Nebraska. After the tournament, it hit some weather. The plane goes down. He loses his mum and his dad and his girlfriend, tragically, at 21 years of age. And derails him, obviously, for quite some time. I mean, it's just to come back from this. Uh, it's a, you know, there's some, um, you know, we're celebrating, you know, kind of Ash Barty at the moment in a different sport and and her capacity to um, come back from um, some testing time in her early days as a tennis player. I mean, not much compares
3: to what Nate Lashley's been through. No, that pales. Stuart's obviously been through mm. it. Um, when, when did you feel, I was amazed to hear what you just said, when did you feel like you... How long did it take you to get back on top of it?
4: Um, well, I think within a few weeks. I was playing the PGA out um, at Sahali. I think it was. Um, I was still in shock. I was, you know, my I, going to sleep every night was, you know, I've never had trouble sleeping, but that was really hard. I mean, it was, you know, crying myself to sleep every night was pretty much normal for a long time. Um, you know, longing for the past, totally no idea about the future. What I did know is I knew how to peg a ball up and hit it, mm. um, and it, what it did give me, and I've heard other people say it is put your put put your time into something that you know about, that grabs your attention, even if you're distracted a lot of the time, and work with it. And uh, it's try not. It's it's very difficult. I, I found it very easy to draw stories or um, get lost. Um, luckily enough, I I didn't. Go anywhere down negative paths mm. in the sense of any abuse or anything like that, any sort of something mind altering drugs. But you know, golf was my my thing. And Nate, it's it's just great. Course he had form coming in. Mm. You know, last player in. You're talking yeah. about a John Daly who drives, whatever nine hours to get to tournament, and a great story. But yeah. this is brilliant, and we get these in sport now and then. But really. We watch it as a sport. It's something out there. But what has he had to deal with and how he's got to there is the, it's the movie. There's like a movie in there somewhere, you know?
3: And he was, he was mucking around. I shouldn't say that, but mucking around down on the Latino America tour as recently as 2015 is when he first started back down there. It's quite remarkable, really. That was 11 or 12 years after the accident to get to the point where his game is back in the shape that he thought it was going to be in, in 2004. It's it's incredible um, persistence mentally.
2: Well, he he failed to Monday qualify, right? I mm. think he missed yep. Monday qualifying and then ended up ended up getting the last spot as an alternate. In itself, that is a remarkable thing to be able to pull off without having any kind of backstory. I think he was thirty five, maybe when he first joined the PGA Tour, and mm. and so there's there's benchmarks, there's hit points all throughout this story without you know having the background. But I find it interesting the the thing with golf that i i think and seeing people kind of go through things on tour because the tour waits for no one the tournament is happening with or without you there's no sick days um and and i'd l- kind of like to hear your your take on this as, as to whether or not because it can be it can be torturous because it's one of the only sports that isn't reactionary um you've got 5 hours to fill try keeping your mind away from certain mm. things in mm. your life for five hours and, and, some, and that you can either, it can either kind of be torture or, or on the alternate side, it, it can be a total sanctuary where people say, all right, I'm in my spot now. I, I don't get to think about, I bench all of this life stuff for the next five hours and I, and I get to just be out on the course and give myself permission to kind of only think about, about golf for a little while. But I feel like that's, it's such a tough mm. line to tread.
4: There is a, there is certainly if you can compartmentalise and become a father, a mother, a sister, brother to those people, um, a, and then when you put your golf shoes on, you're a golfer. I think Greg Norman did that really, really well when he had a lot of tumultuous things around and you know media and his relationship. He managed when he put his spikes on, like it was go time, and and, and I think that's even. The sports psychs will tell you, if, no matter what sport you're playing or whether you're going into a meeting, you, you are that meeting. You are that person. You're not the dad, the mum. You, you go in and you get focused, and I think that can be difficult to do because, like Ali said, you, 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 you're over the ball. You don't need to have any lingering thoughts of something that might have been just back there. You're trying to not react to the last shot, but yeah. fill in five hours of pure freedom, and then you become – Someone else after the, you know, so when we've, I've had my kids come up to me after a tournament or if it's a win, man, you don't even think of the win. The win is not even, all you're seeing is your kids running Mm. across the green. And then, you know, so there's these pockets and you definitely have to have what Lindsay Stephen from WA, Lindsay used to say to me, apples, blinkers, like a horse, you got to put your blinkers on. You know, when you play, when you're out there, just get them on. And as you get a bit older, it's a bit harder. Sometimes it's harder when you're young and you can be just, that's maybe where my career was, where I started to do well. Was because I was a very young, non-distracted, very focused golfer. I didn't go out to clubbing, and I didn't yeah. wasn't boozing around on the weekends. I was that, so that helped. But it, man, if you can have that for twenty plus years, Jim Furyk's got it, Zach Johnson's got it. Those guys have got that that blinker plus balance. Yeah,
1: hmm. uh, it's a hell of a story, um, uh, remarkable one. What does it say, Stewie, about um, the depth of the men's game that a guy can come? you know, into the tournament, the pathway that he's tread, and with the world ranking that he's got, wins by six. Like, he doesn't just win. He he puts them away emphatically. Well, what does it say about the depth of talent in the men's game?
4: Well, it's great. You want to have that. You know, you can watch other things. You watch motorsport sometimes, some places, and it's it's one or two cars, and it's sort of monotonous. F1 can be oh, a lot right. like that exactly, now, you know. know yeah. So we can. And it would be lovely to know where is historically – how. What are the, if we go back 40 years of data, where could we look and go, where are winners coming from? Are they coming from as far back as they used to years ago? Or was it all really the top four, the big animals of the 50s and 60s that won everything? We have, what we do really have is the, I feel like the 100th world ranked player now is just better than the 100th ranked player of 20 years ago, 40 years ago, just right. comfortably. Yep. So that means the 500th ranked player now is effectively, world ranking wise, is good enough to take out a tournament. It just needs, you just need, you just need the right week. Uh. You know, we all live for that right week and, and to build up to that. And Nate must have had something going on or had this just like, okay, well I'm in nothing to lose. I got in. I I shouldn't have even been here. Mm. Great. I'm playing well. Things clicked. And he never got in his own way the whole week. Now his secret will be of just being Nate again week after week and not Going through all the BS that can drag around and more media and more stories and all that just plague off. Well, you kind of wonder whether
1: this is such a life altering moment for him and it gives him a job for two years, so he's got that security that comes with it. But you kind of wonder whether he needs to do, like, do you know what I mean? Like, does he need to, he'll want to do, he'll want to achieve other things and he'll want to win more tournaments and he wants to play every week. But in the big picture, in the grand scheme of things, in life, in life, yeah. you know, like. This could be his moment. This could be his week. And this is the week that says, you know, well, we took something from you. Here, we're going to give you a little bit back. Go and enjoy. So we don't need to hear – like the game of golf doesn't need to hear from Nate Lashley again. I'm sure Nate Lashley hopes it does. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah,
2: the win the, itself is the validation. Exactly, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the world will keep turning and things will keep going and there aren't any sick days, you know, like you say. Um, but But this is his – this is his – Payback um, and he gets to have his week. It, there's, a, there's an interesting parallel to some degree, and the life story is vastly different without knowing anything about the one that I'm about to ask you about, Hazy. But there's an Australian, a couple of Australians won this week, and the older of the two Australians that won this week has been on a bit of a journey of his own. And I know Stewie probably knows. The fella pretty well. It's it's a it's a, not an equally remarkable story, but in its own
3: way, it is. Without the tragedy, it's an equally remarkable story. Won June Lee, I uh, never thought we'd say this, and you wouldn't believe this, Andy, but I've booked him re- before this to appear on Inside the Ropes next week. Oh, fantastic! So we do get to hear the story in person next week. From oh, that them.
2: that'll be a good chat
3: too. Yeah, he's a cracker. Uh, or from we we're going to speak to him from Seoul next week. But Won June Lee, after being a world number one amateur now thirteen years ago. Uh, Eisenhower player for Australia, um, world at his feet. And Hank Haney said t- to, uh, people who would listen at the time that he had the game to take on Tiger Woods. Jeez. And that was 2006. Jeez. So he co- he turned pro late that year, nearly wins the Australian Open behind Craig Parry, uh, that following year, 2007, and everyone thinks, wow, this guy is going everywhere. And 2019, here it is. First win. And it's not the back blocks. It's a big tournament in Korea. But it is career. It's not, uh, you know, I was trying to say to my colleague, Justin Falconer, it's a major in career. And he goes, that means absolutely bugger all. The Vic Open's a major in Australia, but it's not a major. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, anyway, great win for Wan Jun Lee. It must be so hard, Stu, to keep pegging the ball up when the wins just haven't come for so long.
4: Well, a great, you know, you can imagine the, the accolades. You just mentioned a couple of them. There's probably another 100 articles written about potential of a player um and you know but then when he stands over the ball practicing late in the day early in the morning whatever it is it's just him the ball the shot working on things coach all that it's all gone no one cares everyone's got their nine to five job right so the hours and hours and hours of of his practice and maybe in a way the quietness that had calmed down from all the all the hype it was maybe where he was most comfortable and very few players can deal with that certainly the japanese players the top japanese players get it 24 7 i mean it you, you guys have seen it it's 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 uh <laughs> it's like aggressive it's aggressive you yeah. know you've got five or six cameras following you around and, and you know ridiculous endorsement contracts that don't exist even on the highest pga tour level just about so so once he's out there just doing his thing and and the, the quietness came back the skill came was there and and the beauty was it was like the bamboo that sits in the ground for 15 years and doesn't do anything. And then all of a sudden sprouts. Now maybe he's off and it grows an inch a day, you know? So maybe he's, he's, something's there for him. It'd be great. You're obviously going to talk to him soon. It'd be worth patching in for that and and hearing his story because once you're out of the limelight, you're just some other dude on the range hitting balls. Mm. You know?
2: He's been over in – I think he's been over in Vegas, actually, because I've got a couple of pro friends, and every now and then they pop up and they're like, oh, yeah, I bumped into Wanjun Lee. I'm like, oh, what's he doing? Yeah. You know, he's been, I think he's been predominantly playing in Japan the last couple of years, at least last year I know he was. But, um, we, yeah, he, he was an incredible talent. I was in amateur golf the same time as Wanjun.
1: So what do you remember of him?
2: Uh, I remember he won a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he had quite a – quite a tumultuous I think relationship with the game in that when it was good, it was good. And when it was bad, the world was going to fall apart. Okay, And, and I feel like the team that he had around him at that point in time, kind of went with him a little bit on that. Um, maybe, you know, kind of saw the negatives when there were negatives and, and, you know, and this is purely just speculation, but I, I feel as though maybe, you know, it, it's always, it's easy to be good when things are good, but that's not how you have a career in golf and, I mean, Stuart knows that better than, better than anyone is, mm. you know, it's when you dig your heels in and in your weeks where things aren't feeling right, that often you, you know, you, you grow the most. It just
3: shows like we, we expect all the world number one amateurs and, you know, at the moment, I think Dave Michaluzzi's risen to number three in the world, a new career high and we just whoop ex- whoop. expect that translates to, you know, something special in the pro ranks and the reality is not always true. And he's got up to a career high number 231 with that win on Sunday. If you just said to him <laughs> 12, 13 years ago, you, you'll you battle away and you'll get to 231 in 2019. It'll be your best. He, Everyone would have laughed.
4: Well, you'd also, if I was him, if you asked me that, and that was my story, I, I'd go, oh God, do I want to really, do I want to be, want to look, it's not that we do it to get pats on the back and all that sort of stuff. No doubt. Like we just do it. There's that inner little moments we have on the golf course. And every amateur has it where you just hit a shot. Well, we're linking linking them up to to a tournament to win. And to be the last one to drive out of my sort of analogy and saying is, I'm the last one to leave the site. If you're the last person to leave the site, that's a good thing. You know, your media's finished. There's not a player in the locker room. It's quiet. It's peaceful. I like that. That's like, it's it's a a moment. And... So would he say, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it," because oh, it'd make you think. Hang on, you're going to go walkabout for twelve, thirteen years plus.
3: Would you, know, you Would you have done that? Oh,
4: I, I think I I, um, I think I probably would have because yeah. I love the sport. Like I. I don't, world rankings, if you ask me what world ranking is, I would never, ever have known it in my career. Is that right? Never yeah, have known. Okay. I would have yeah. known if I was in a US Open, I would have known it was, or whatever major. I would have known I was in the top 50. Yeah. Would have had a rough idea, but I never, ever looked up to say, how far did I move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. I got in the top 10 once. That's all I know, like that. I don't know even how long I was there for. So uh. it never interests me, world ranking. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm now, I'm probably out uh, anywhere from 750 to 1,000 plus. Uh. And like, whatever, like, it's so, just a, there's the number. So you talked about before you don't win much, like you don't, no. you don't win much. Right. But you have to have little wins. Oh, to, mega. You have to have many wins. You know, um, I think I've played 700 tour events, I think over 700 tour events. And, and oh, as a percentage, uh, well, Tiger's got the most amazing win rate, but you know, he's got, he's got careers, good careers that at one golf course in multiple places, <laughs> like good careers, you know, good careers at the Bridgestone without Buick I something. <laughs> boy, like, yeah. That's pretty that's hard to good believe. Point, yeah. Like, I mean, that's just phenomenal. <laughs> that's so your win ratio, we all want the wins and all that, you know, cause it's the echelon, it's why like all that sort of stuff. But you know, you have to have, Ali knows, you will know that you have to have mm-hmm. wins even in a little round of golf with your buddies mm-hmm. little moments where you made that $10 putt or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or for us, um, man, that's starting to feel good. Under pressure, you're going, you know, I I do this wrong and and this is what I need to do, you know. And you have these tiny little wins and stack them up. And that's the thing that I always enjoyed was I was never a super consistent player. I was never able to just bang out top tens after top tens. I had runs of tournaments and, you know, I redlined that engine and maybe I got a win out of it or maybe... You know, I, I got up and had a top 10 or maybe sometimes it was a top 20. Maybe sometimes I played awful and finished 10th. I'm like, how, oh, what a weird game. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're looking for those tiny little wins. And the struggle for me really for a few years now is, is not getting that cycle. I've never got quite been able to get back into the, man, I'm close. I'm really close. Uh, Cause I, I, I can't, I can almost taste it. And, and then I, then I sort of fall down. It's like slipping. I'm yeah, climbing yeah. the ladder. I'm down. And then look, that's part of the, the struggle and. I'm no spring chicken anymore, so I've got to work with all that and work with the body and work with those climbs. But it's, you know, for him, that's fantastic. He's climbed. Now what does he do with that? He's just go, you know what? I'm not that young superstar anymore. I'm gonna just do my thing. Mm. And you could see him come out and go gangbusters now.
3: He he gets a start in that um uh what's it, CJ uh
4: Kyle Yeah, Kramp- oh, uh, yeah, it, yeah it's that's the, one yeah, 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 yeah. I can't four the, letters at least. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> the tournament in Korea on the US yes. PGA tour later in the year, he gets a start. And the only thing I could pick up from the broken korean english website Andy that had news of his win was that he was desperate to get back to the u s at some point okay so he wants to take that opportunity at the bridges uh and go nuts with it so he's still cool. got it in his in his head to get how to... old is he now uh, I'll double check but i think he's 33. he's uh, about
2: he's about my age yeah early thirty. twenty one so, so... <laughs> <laughs> i've been twenty one for twelve years <laughs>
4: isn't that a yeah. So I think mean, that's awesome. You don't know the sport, could you do that? We talked about before we went on air about, you know, footballers, if you're lucky to, you know, a few percent play 200 games in their career. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to know how many guys have exempt status on the top tours. You know, well, it's, they got, it's, they're gone by 33. You know, you know I, I effectively yeah. haven't had mine. Um, I'm, a, I'm a past champion, which is a status, but it only gets me into the opposite field events. You know, I'm not getting invites because, you know, it's hard to write invites on career that's you know, back. So, you know, it, it is a, a tough thing, um, but golf, get wheat. If you've got the talent and he's definitely got it, you you can poke your head around for tw- Bernard Langer's is a joke. He's been at mm. the highest level. He probably plays better golf now at f- mid fifties and did at mid forties. Yeah. So he's 30 years at the elite level. Peter Senior was our Aussie version of that. Mm. Yeah, Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So you talk about um, little wins uh, in the
1: career scope of Min Minwuli. That was a massive moment. I reckon this is a kid that... um, Won June Lee. But Min Woo Lee, I'm talking about now.
3: That was a massive moment. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I've moved on. I've moved on. So he wants to... When he plays golf, he wants to win. He wants to shoot 64, 64, 66, 67 and win. He has to dig really deep when it's not going right for him um, over on the European Tour to get to a number that gets him in to the weekend that secures his European tour card for next year. So when you talk about these little career moments, I wonder when the Minwoo Lee book is written in, he writes his tell-all in 30 years' time. I wonder um, how affectionately he'll look back at that moment in his career as maybe one of those, yeah, you know, one of those little kind of life lesson moments, turning point moments that he can, um, he can call back on.
2: Yeah, I think, you know what, and, and Minwoo has gone through a couple of different mindsets already this year and the fact that he had to convince himself that he wanted a european tour card that was that was nice number 1 spot. he went in with the first month and a half of this year going this is my way to get my world ranking down to get to the us mm. and he's had to completely rejig that and and playing for something that you didn't originally want i think is a is a difficult mind frame in and of itself um, to go, I think he had what, how many, six, he had at least six invites to work with at the start of the year Seven, I think. and then, and then his position within the events kind of got him a, a couple of extra starts, I believe, but um, yeah. essentially he had to make a certain amount of money he was about, it was over 200,000 euro, I think, wasn't it? Two, oh, 300, I think. Yeah. 300. So, um, to try and get his full status for next year, which is, I guess the story of our last weekend yeah. over in Spain.
3: Spain. If you'd have told him he would be in Spain and have his career career moment at the start of this year when he was busting his gut to get onto the web. dot com or whatever it's called now, oh, yeah. you corn got to fairy. come to this corn ferry. Yeah. Don't,
4: put, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> we laughed about
1: this the other day. Yeah, corn um,
3: ferry. Yeah, you would have laughed because, as Ali said, his his focus was you know anything but uh, the back blocks of Europe. No offense to the people of Andalusia. Uh, you know, and here he is, he's punched his European card ticket for, for 2020, just a phenomenal effort for a first year pro, Mm. um, on limited starts. So I think I understand now, Ellie, that he's got unlimited invitations now that he's wrapped it up for the rest of the year. So we might even see something more special playing with a bit of freedom and he'll backdoor his way into what you were saying before, Stu, about the, the world top 50 and stuff. If he keeps on this trajectory, of course, um, but yeah, different path to the one he had planned at the start of the year. And I think that's tr- I think that's great.
4: Well, I think a lot of, traditionally, uh, most players went through Europe. That was really the only real way. There was no Asian tour. There was no Dubai. There was no super money. Uh, European tour was Europe. That was it. And they struggled with their weather. And obviously the courses, at the t- you know, absolutely. So when I wanted to come to the US, I, a lot of Australians uh, had uh UK background, either directly had parents born in the UK. So it was easy to sort of work your way there, the, the Paris, the ogles, the um, Grady's and Normans, all that, they all went through all that. And for me, you know, I wanted to get to the U.S. I, I felt like that was it. I didn't know whether I could make it or not. I certainly got a rude awakening at Q school and, <laughs> and, and found out that, you know, I was in a bit of trouble. Um, but yeah, the stepping, the stepping stones can come from anywhere. It's just, they've become more U S based in, you know, past 20 years. I'd really say.
2: Yeah. One thing worth, worth noting is that he actually, he shot 75 in the first round last week. And then came back. I think it was sixty-seven in the second round to to get himself into just to earn a check, which is an incredibly hard mind frame to have. To try and just think, I've I have to amass dollars, you know, or or euros in that case.
4: Was because back going when I went to my first Q school ninety-four, I got into the finals playing at Haynes City in Orlando, not far from where I live, play this really, really tight golf course, what, it, tighter than even Kahuna Golf Club where you know, I grew up. Wow. <laughs> and I got out, and I was uh, a little jumpy. I'm trying to – straight away, I'm, I'm steering it. right. I just I – I got through the day. I was last in the tournament, 180th, I think it was, or something like that. 100, I was last. I think I shot 80, 80-something. 80 so I've got to now get in the top 40 to get my card. So I'm last now. I've got five rounds to go. We play six. Anyways, long story short, I shot some good rounds coming in all the way and got up to about f- somewhere in- close, real close. I needed like one under or even to get my card. And I didn't, you know, so I missed, but it turned out to be the best thing ever because that what was called the Nike Tour back then, that I got a spot on the Nike Tour and I wasn't ready for the big boys. Mm. You know, the-, the kids today are just so much... Mm better but you can do stuff at t- Aaron Badley was a gun uh we talked Robert Allenby was a gun at, at, at teens when Bad said oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play this Australian tour event because I'm getting ready I thought you idiot well he went and won the next week you know so you know it's just beautiful a 20 year old or 35 year old with all the, the thing accolades it's the secret now is is piecing the stories together between the wins if you're good enough to repeat wins like that and the people we're talking about have definitely got the skills
3: I'll be fascinated to know what your thought is, Stu, and you, Ali, as well, on how our next big achiever, Andy, Maverick Ancliffe, a friend of the show, uh, who has unbelievably won three times in 10 weeks on the Chinese tour. I think that's just a remarkable achievement. Hadn't won in his pro career. It's in his fourth year now of his pro career. The China tour, Stu, it doesn't go anywhere. There's no, the US PGA Tour, China does, but the China Tour, the domestic one, doesn't. Uh, As good as this is, where does he end up?
4: I don't don't know the, if there's a a Lego bridge, you can just click in and jump, but you're (laughs) right, you know, I don't know that, but what it does to his confidence is vital. When I, when there was the, I guess the Von Neider Tour in Australia, um, it wasn't called that, there was a, a first year out we played for I don't know it might have been twenty thousand bucks total purse. Um, my coach Steve Band said to me, he said Stu, this is this is not where you want to be, but winning's winning. Whether you get a check for five grand or whether you go to the US, so winning's winning. And, and he was right. I ended up winning some events and got this this little dose of yeah, I'm only beating the best locals, but it's real. And it took me to the qualifying school that year, and, and things moved on from there. So yeah. don't underestimate for us we can't put it together but for him that's can be a really real thing.
2: Well, he's gone up, he's gone up 406 spots in the last 16 weeks on the world rankings as well. So he's up in he's two, 220th in the world. And that that is one thing. Like I had this I had a really big <laughs> argument with a couple of players about world rankings on on feeder tours whether they shouldn't shouldn't have them and this is why you have them because it's it's talent development. It's and uh, you know we we talk about um, when players graduate to the bigger tours, learning how to win on a small tour is vital. It is, is, exactly. doesn't matter whether it's
4: a tournament at the CUNA Pro-Am or something like that does not mm. matter. It is just that inner validation that what I'm doing works. And it can work. doesn't mean it's going to work on the biggest tour, but it absolutely can grow.
3: Is it harder to win the CUNA Pro-Am at 17 or the USPGA at 29?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the U.S. <laughs>
2: um, you know what I'm saying? I know it sounds yeah. stupid. No, no. <laughs> but, but it's all relative is what you're saying. I, That's what I'm getting yeah, at. I, I guess that the beautiful
4: thing is, um, you know, when you have rounds of golf as a professional, um, I think Peter Senior used to say, uh, I, I might only have one or two weeks in, his, in a year that I go, man, I was on fire. And mm. you're lucky to even get to it. You know, I don't even really remember four rounds where I went, oh, my God, I had it on a string. Mm. Maybe two, three. There's always a round where I'm recovering or something. It's sort of way I operated. But when you get it right, and you just have the right mind. You don't shoot 10 under par and get lucky. You, know, you might have a break, but you're, just, you're thinking right. You're swinging yeah. right. You're acting right. You're relaxed. You understand what's in front of you, the stress, but it doesn't bother you. And it's like this beautiful thing that if you could cart it around all the time, It's beautiful. Half the time you're like worrying about stuff or thinking of the future, worrying about the past, and it just affects the moment. But when you get it right, it's just beautiful. And those players that have won, Tiger used to say, when I'm with his C game. I mean, that used to make me feel awful. Like, I mean, <laughs> like oh, you know, he, he'd got a bit of ribbon for that. But, you know, knowing he was only on six cylinders of the, of the V8 and still winning was, was tough. But, you know, we're all trying to redline it to get to the win, you know?
3: Yeah. Maybe that was a stupid question. Well, I'm just looking back here. I'll let it you was... know if it is, but it wasn't. <laughs> was the uh, Honda, was that your big breakout Honda win? Honda
4: was, um, yeah, Honda was my first win. I had, uh, Renee was, you know, was was looping for me. Um, then, and, and our relationship was 24 seven. Like, you know, mm. if you're caddying and you're having dinner and breakfast and everything, it's hard work. Yeah, it's a lot of time. To get <laughs> and that. she's pretty, pretty strong person. She goes, look, I've had enough. This is, you got to go find a caddy. And I was like, Oh God, do I have, to, I have to deal with somebody else? I don't know if I can deal with that. And she was a great player and, and knew all about the game. So that was a bit of a tough one. And I actually bumped into this guy, um, Joey Damiano, who had caddied for Timmy Heron for Lumpy a little bit. And so like, I sort of knew him and I said, mate, um, I can give you two weeks of work if you want. I mean, I need one this week, and next the next week was Bay Hill. So we end up winning that week, um, and then we had come second the next week. So it was the greatest little start for him ever. And we had a relationship, great relationship for quite a few years. Um, but, yeah, it's um, –
3: You get that when you put 50 grand
4: yeah. in someone's pocket. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's funny. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yes, but, um, yeah, so Honda was my first. And that saying, I, I, I talked about driving, you know, being the last one to leave the clubhouse. I remember driving home. I had this old Jeep at the time. And I was driving home on the turnpike heading south just, and in the car just, you know, at night and just driving home going, like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over <laughs> and over. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 I did this. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, it was almost like I had to tell myself, it's okay, Stewie, you... it's real. It's real. <laughs> That's great. And But then I milked that cow. I had that saying, I milk the cow, I milk that cow dry. Being a dairy farmer, you milk that cow. But I milked it dry the next week. It was a second and... And, uh, you know, when you're playing well, you're just dying to milk that cow. just get it to last for more than one week. Well,
1: there's a million things uh, left uh, on the vine here that we need to get our way through. Um, You know, LPGA to uh, the result over in Europe, uh, outside of, you know, what Min Woo did. There's a heap of other stuff. We want to dive deeper into where you're at at the moment and the elements of the career and what you've got going with the Junior Presidents Cup. So we'll do that on the other side of the break. And whatever we've got left to tidy up with, we'll do that at the end of the show. Cassie Porter is going to join us for a quick chat as well. Well, before we're done, Stewie App will be our very special guest in the studio. You're listening to Inside the Ropes.
5: Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian golf's national junior program. One of my favorite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. Sir... So, If your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au.
1: Welcome back to the show, Inside the Ropes. Cassie Porter, not too far away from joining us, one of the bright young stars of the Australian game. We've got one of the uh, superstars of the Australian game in the studio. Joy to have Stuart Appleby as our special guest and co-host of the show today. Um, Where's your... Where's your game at? Well, how much golf are you playing? What does your 48 years of age now? What does is, what is the um, rest of your golf life look
4: like? Yeah, actually golf-wise, bugger all right now. Mm. I haven't really played since uh, early this year. Um, just sort of uh, been trying to get my body to behave via golf. I think street-wise and moving around, it's, it's fine. But, you know, certainly golf's been a challenge. Uh, not a lot of fun when, you know, if you're a race car and you're running around, you're on the starting grid and you've got a flat left rear, You can imagine how you're going to do. Um, So making the cuts even been difficult, and then even getting four days in. So it's been a test. So where does it hurt? Where are you? um, It's not purely always (laughs) in the spots that is where an issue might have been. It's sort of how it can flow through the body. Mm. Um, So for me right now, I'm I'm really trying to, um, I guess, get the right muscles to do the right thing at the right time. Where I think I've always, I mean, I've looked after myself. I've had a lot of great, smart people around me to pick their brains on golf and fitness, and I was one of the first. Vis guy, so we got it all we had a lot of people and skills and we and it's funny how the training parts almost come back around to that but um really trying to get everything to sync where I can go out and practice warm up get to the tee and go I'm ready to go deal with the normal parts of a golf tournament and Mm. stresses and bogeys and balls in the water and deal with that but it's actually just getting the body to work up so that that's been a been a challenge and really came from my coach Steve Bann after a real tough week early in the year um I was over in Puerto Rico and, and just having a nightmare on the range. Taking, spent an hour, and I couldn't really even get to the tee properly, and then it was just a slap fest. And he said, look, Apples, take six months off. You've got you've, sort of a, a quick story is once you're 48 and 49 on the secondary tour, you can, if you're the highest career earner that enters that tournament, a web event, well, not a web anymore, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> you get to play you get to take a spot. You Mm. get four of those guys. So if I'm not playing, someone else might get in like Chris Smith or Mm. Frank Licklider or something like that. Um, And so I haven't – I've got a year and a half of that left, so I just turned 48 not long ago, so I can get to do a year and a half out there. Certainly nothing the visual golf like the Champions Tour Mm. because these guys are just a joke how far they hit it. Mm. Like I sit out there with my jaw on the ground every other hole. Um, so I get whatever I want out there. So as preparation, they're very generous that they get to do that. So my thinking now will be to get myself to the point where I can do the practice, do the warm up, go play handful of weeks in a row, come home and do that for 12 to 18 months and then go out in the champions and hopefully go gangbusters for 10 years.
1: Over you see what Steve Stricker did this week. They're, they're not shooting bum scores, are they? Like they're actually still playing. Okay. Some no. of these blokes. Well, yeah.
4: I've actually asked, um, uh, Fuzzy's Al's old caddy, Casey, and I said, what's it like out there, you know? And he said, look, it's so much more relaxed. Competitive, but the whole atmosphere, you got to know people are very different, you know? Um, they just sort of know where they are in their lives. Yeah. The kids yeah. have gone to university, college, or got jobs, or married, or grand, you know, grandparents. Like, there's just a different maturity um, than the sort of craziness of the PGA Tour. Um, and I'm sort of, obviously, closer age-wise to the to those guys. And what's funny, on my coach said to me, we uh, a few things I said I'd never do. And one was I'd never wear a white belt. Good. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I did. Oh, but I did. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Because I don't know. What are you I had doing? I used to have these. I've got I've There's got no excuse I've here. got 20 pairs of pleated woolen pants in my thing, right? And that's what I used to wear. And I had to put one on to go to a fancy dinner not long ago. And I put it on. It was like putting on a horse blanket. I was like, oh, my God. I used to sweat in these. I've never been to a dry cleaner. I wear wear Travis Matthews stuff, so I haven't been to a dry cleaner forever. You know, everything's... Nylon and plastic now, you know, so it's easy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, times have changed so much. And, um, you know, I said all the second thing I'd say I never was going to do, I said I won't ever play the Champions Tour. I said that. And I don't know why, but it was just naive or I thought I'd never get that old. I don't know.
2: But that's, that's changed, though, in the last couple of years. I feel like the perception of the Champions Tour in the last, either, in like three to seven years has just gone up a notch. You know, I, I wonder why that is in terms of the calibre of players and and it's almost as though they're generating their own stars again. When you think about Bernard Langer that you, you mentioned earlier, um, it, it's kind of that second lease on life now as well that you you your career can span 40 years if you want it.
4: Well, I think we could have another show just on really – a transition or I guess you could say the 40 somethings who's going to play the champions tour mm. are all the so just throw Phil in the bin and Tiger in the bin probably no no definitely no right mm. so there's the two biggest in the last my career 20 25 years so Jordan Spieth, the Ricky Fowlers those guys Brooks Copp, all those are they going to play are they going to even get to 50 their body's going to get to 50 should the age come down I've made proposals the age should come down but over a 10 to 20 year period should it come down because we do we don't want a bridge gap we don't want all those players I just mentioned sitting on the sidelines. Even if Bernard Langer doesn't need it money, he's made 24 million US in his years on the Champions Tour and made 13 million on the regular tour, right? So he's, he's making 100 grand per week on average, US, right? But <laughs> Tigers averaged, uh, I think, 300, right? But this is on a tour with oh, none of the money, obviously a domination. So what if you've got the best players who go, man, I really want to play, forget the money, I'm. I just got the juices like Bernard, but they can't even get there. Because it's seven years away, yeah, eight right. years away, yeah. or ten years away. Yeah. So there's a whole topic there. But I think you're right. There is there is a there was it's it's floats itself now. It's not wasn't as burdensome on the tour. It's doing well. But how does it? Where does the future go? You don't want me um, and other players to be their star players. You need not players. Wait. You need the strong players. You need the guys with ten, fifteen wins, majors. You need. The, you need the Freddie Couples, the Davis lovess and those guys, right? You yeah. need, and you want your David Tomses, and then you, you go down the list and you, get, you know eventually get to guys like me. And you get other guys who, it's not a great tour for many people to get onto. If you're a really good 50-year-old player, uh, there's not a lot of room for you out there. They don't really make it welcoming. It's not mm. an open tour. It's a bit of a men's club. And if you've done your time on the tour, we're happy. But it's really hard. Uh, Scott perrell I think, is an outsider who's now a better player at 50 than he was when he was playing the secondary tours. But... It's not designed for them. It's not. The, you go it's to Q School, call. it's really, yeah, really yeah. hard.
3: Dave McKenzie told us something very Oh, Dave, will,
4: Dave Mack would be very versatile on it. Peter Sr. will tell you. Yeah. You know, if you've got one or two wins, you're Peter Lonards. You don't get much oxygen out there. Mm. Well, luckily enough, I will have my time. I don't know how the rules will change. But it's, it's an interesting conundrum. Where is the champions in 20 years? I think the secret for them will be um, lowering the age. Well, if you're a sponsored package, you want to sponsor, you want to now get 45 year olds out there mm. that are only two or three years out of relevance. You don't have to really build up their media credentials anymore. You go, dude, I saw you mm. two years ago. Mm. But what people are doing now is saying, oh, you are who? Yeah. And that's, I think, but it's doing well now. I just think that's a silver, the secret bullet in the gun in the
3: future. That's a really good point, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. No, this is an unscripted question for you, but I was just thinking about what you're saying about your back and things. What, what If I ask you right now about the Australian Masters that you won at Victoria, mm-hmm. 2010. Was that one of the greatest achievements physically you put in? Because you were knackered <laughs> that week with your uh, back,
4: mate. I was. I was. Uh, it's a. I laugh at it now, but I remember sitting on the range in the midweek, hitting it so bad. And I. And you could go, yeah, bad. I'm talking like I couldn't win a club championship at any of the clubs in Melbourne. No way. Like couldn't even finish the top five. Any of the guys, six handicap and under. I was in it so bad, my coach didn't even talk to me. It wasn't like, <laughs> "Well, let's walk, let's work on this." You know, like I'm supposed to be a pro. You know, the guy with the name on his bag. And I was starting the club a meter. Oh no, maybe a meter, half a meter behind the ball. And he was go, "Why are you doing that?" I go, "Because I can't take it back. It would get stuck in the ground." And and the ball would go sideways. And I honestly thought I need to come up with an excuse to pull out of the tournament. I can't just say I'm not playing very good because I look like an idiot. But that's how, somewhat terrified and. Like who's hitting the ball? So I go in and saw Tina Mayo from the Coburg Osteo up, up I seat, saw her yesterday and she goes, how are you going? I go, Oh God, I'm hitting it awful. She goes, how's your body? I go, Oh yeah, it feels all right. This, I don't know, whatever. So I strip down to Monday. She stands behind me and goes, geez, what's going on? I go, I don't know. So all of a sudden she starts poking, prodding and this, that and the other. And then, and, and, and this is again, expectations. I'd lowered my expectations of like, you know what? The week's a mess. Forget about it. it's done. And Steve said, "Look, we're just going to work on which you only did once. Just just clear your hips through the ball. Just get try and really get the feel like you clear." And he's always been great at those little tiny little things. I go away, off I go, and off I go, and I end up. I think I was playing with Jeff Ogilvie on Sunday, and I was playing really well. Made it I had this just feeling. I remember making a thirty foot putt, and I'm like I'm going to make this, which is really rare, and I make it. And then I made a mistake, and then I get down the last and. I'm on the range and basically ready for a playoff and I win. Yeah. And I'm like, I drove out again, last guy yeah, out, yeah, yeah. going, holy shit, how did I pull that off? <laughs> I was about to be home sitting there having a quiet beer watching this on TV only four or five days ago. So I would ask you, and this is unscripted
1: as well, but I remember following you um, for the first two rounds. I should ask you the question actually. Have you ever been, is there a tournament that springs to mind where you've been on the wrong side of the draw where you played Super golf, but because the weather got you, because you're on the oh. wrong side of the draw, is there, is there one that jumps out at
4: you? Um, I hope you're going to. We, well, there's always, we always feel like we get screwed. And over a career, you always, I guess in theory it should be 50-50 on good draw, bad mm. draw, but you always hear the bitchy players. And, <laughs> you know, I try not to say it because it's so obvious. You know, you don't. You, you don't take it any way from the winner. No, I totally understand no. that. I remember we played uh, at Denver and it never really blew much there. And we were at about 6,000 feet. And we had this afternoon draw, and it was blowing about 60, 50 to 70 k's an hour. And the, the air's thin. So you have your own little mindset of how thick the air is. And I'm sounding all Brandall, um, Bryson DeChambeau, a little bit <laughs> air density. But um, anyway, so it was good. So you had altitude 10%. You had, if it was in the rough, was a flyer or not a flyer. You had uphill or downhill, and then you had the wind at 70 k's an hour. So it was a full mind screw on what you had to hit. And I hit shots. I hit one shot over a green. Thought I hit it on the green. We didn't see the bounce. We woke up, couldn't find it. We found it 40 yards over the back of the green. (laughs) So there was only 10 guys, I think, made the cut from that side of the draw out of 60-something guys. So there are those sob stories. And occasionally you, you get on the good side. But uh, there are always interesting motions in locker rooms and lunch rooms after the the day. year
1: that Scotty won the oh, sorry Al, the, year that, the, the, the year that Scotty won the Australian Open at New South Wales I followed you we were doing the coverage on 10 I think it must have been on channel 10 and I followed you the first two days Um and the, you got, the weather was volatile. There was a delayed start. It was, it was horrific. It was
4: New South Wales.
1: Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember, and you played, you like shot 67, 68 or something in the first, in horrible conditions. Do, yeah. you remember, do you remember that?
4: I don't remember the scores. I remember, <laughs> it's funny because, uh, you know, anyone hits a bad putt, pretty much knows it's a bad putt. You don't even have to be a, you know, if you're a 10 handicap and you hit it and you go, I oh, know that's wrong. Well, I remember hitting multiple putts and the wind was awful going, <laughs> yeah. oh, I've pushed it. And it would blow into oh, the no, hole or something yes. like that. It was weird. It was like Caddyshack, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And I pull it, and I'm like, "Oh, I pulled it way too much." And the wind, you know. And I played. I don't know. I, I just I played good, but I didn't realize I was pulling out from the field a long way in those conditions. And I obviously I didn't get the job done on Sunday. Scotty, Scotty chased me down, and weather breaks made the mm. whole made the weekend feel a lot different. Um, I played with Steve Marino. I think we call him Sheepy in Australia, mm. in, mm. in, in the states, and no one understands why Sheepy. <laughs> right, but. Um, he he uh, he was shaking his head, and I was shaking my head. It was like I was a passenger to some BS golf that I didn't really. Okay, had to right replicate. Right, yeah. It, it was, was a lot of luck. I've had a great time at Kapalua, where it's windy, but mm. this was like holy cow stuff. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Is there a we're in the sort of middle of the um, kind of major season, part of the season, and mm. the Open's not too far away. Is there a major that you find yourself revisiting in your own head, one of your oh, own performances
4: more than any other? Not so much me. Um, British Open's always the one I had a love with. Mm. Um, you know, obviously not likely to win one as the regular tour, but maybe a, a Champions Tour, that would be huge. I, I've, I went to St Andrews for the, the Dunhill Lynx late 17, and I honestly said I could live in St Andrews, a beautiful town. Um, I could play, if I never played golf again, like if I could just play that course every day with a bucket of balls and go out and just play it in, I'd be happy as Larry. Nice. Um, British means a lot to me because I just remember as a kid waking up at four or five in the morning before going to school and I'm watching the, watching it. And it just, it connects with me. None of the other majors do, you know, I had a chance. I guess I had a chance to win a British. Oh, of course you um, did. Um, I had a chance to win the masters. Um, I look back and I go, well, you know, they were they you know, British was probably the one closest. You know, I need one more putt. Yeah, and I played like champ on Sunday and made all the putts where I hadn't made anything all week. And you could go, well, just one more would have been the British Open champ. But part of me feels like that's ah, not a fair fight. You know, who would have I been or become? What, I could have had the shittiest career after that. Been <laughs> an, like, would have you know? You know, so at the Masters was tough. Tiger playing with Tiger on Sunday. Playing with Tiger is always tough. You so much energy. You know, and that's the thing that I wish that I had more of. A I don't know, Patrick Reed block out more. Like, that's tough. And and I got off to a, a nervous start, uh, but I even noticed he was tough. It was mm. hard for him. And, and he plays awful there and has a top 10. A top 10 for me there would have been, well, part of that year, but would have been one of my great performances because Augusta's such a clicky golf course.
1: But do you still rate – I mean, you, because you led going into that round and you, and you did finish, you know, tied seven, I think, that year. Um, do you still rate that as, you know, a, a career high or there um, a bit of a kind
4: of – Career high, man, career high. You know, if you're not, if you don't win, I guess you. I don't know if you to say it's a career high, but I sort of liked the way I played Sunday. I remember thinking, first hole, like I got off to a nervous start, but I remember thinking all day, I'm in it, I can do this. Just you know, I worked on my own ideas and concepts within the round. But I saw probably the worst thing that I you feel as a player is when you feel like there's something there, you can, you're getting there, you're close. This is during the final mm-hmm. round. And then you find out it's all gone. Yeah, right. You know, whether it's a footballer who thinks we're ahead by two goals with two minutes to go or even further out. And then you feel feel like, then you know, it's gone. That's the, that's a sucky feeling when you're just like, oh, I'm now out of it. Now I'm just like someone, what's left. Uh, That's a, and there's a point in the round where you do feel that. You know, you feel like, well, I can't birdie five of the last four holes. Um, (laughs) It's gone. How do I finish strong? Finish strong. Shut up. I don't want to finish strong. I should have not been in this position. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's golf.
3: I want to ask you, Stu, more about what's coming up in your life here Um, in December. Taking on a a fantastic role, I reckon. And you've done so much with junior golf around Victoria and Australia as it is. But you're taking on a whole new role as the – the boss of the international team for the Junior President's Cup at Royal Melbourne. You must be chuffed about that.
4: Well, yeah, boss, I'll be the, I don't know, the grandfather, father figure, some kind <laughs> of suit looking official. Playing with kids uh, could be my kids easily. <laughs> so it's going to be a huge role. I mean, playing at Royal, that was sort of got my appeal when I was approached by the tour. Um, that was our scene of our only real true victory. Um, yeah, I've, I just love the Sandbelt area and I love to see the, the up and coming talent. Um, that I think is just really class acts in the sense of golf. You know, there's the personal side, and every, you know, you, you can have issues with kids and so on. But just the skill level of the young talent today, the top 20, 30, 50 amateurs in the world is just mind blowing to where it was when when I was a kid. There seems to be. We mentioned Bads before. We mentioned uh, and Robert uh, and Sergio's. I feel like there's just one of those at every corner now. It feels like. Whether they become the champions and dominate, we don't really haven't you know see. But proud to see young kids. I will be thrown in the deep end, not knowing any of them. Mm. I don't pick the teams, but I will be there, and it'll be a great fun. And then the next, the big boys turn up the next week, and I'm doing a little bit of work with that as well. So that's going to be uh, good fun.
2: So, uh, so if if going into the into the week blind, what kind of player do you want to have on your team around Royal Melbourne? If you could build, you know, the, the perfect um, either junior or, or senior president's cup player, what would their game look like in terms of, you know, driving iron play? Where would you focus all of your energy?
4: Well, we like sort of jumped the topic slightly and we won the, when we won the president's cup, we won it through knowledge of the golf course in conditions that the Americans had not seen. So it was hot northerlies, you know, 35 plus. They had never seen that. Whereas half of our team had had a flavor, had it. So we knew they had the skills and the mindset to put that chip in, I guess. So none of the kids will have that maybe, you know, maybe Carl might, but, you know, have some ideas on, on what, I don't know if we'll see that that time of year mm. see that sort of weather. Tr- yeah, tr- you transition. never know though, do you? you never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you would, uh, I would like to see, uh, a real mental discipline. Um, they're they're, they're there for a very short time. So it's not going to be, I, I won't get to see true personalities yet, but Royal Melbourne will come up and poke you in in the tickly spot and go, Hey, you remember, <laughs> don't, hit, don't hit it in this bunker. You're dead. You know? Yeah. So we're really, really interesting to see the young players are so aggressive. When I came to the, the, the secondary tour as a, as a young man, I was doing Aussie golf, hit it to the middle, draw it into the flag, cut it into the flag and take your putt. Americans like bam, 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 just like knocking lights out. You can't do that Royal. So I'll either get to see some American immaturity or American style golf mm. and they'll embarrass themselves in spots. Or I'll get to see the real thinkers who go. I know what to do. I'm going to show discipline, not just my American upbringing, and just target golf from an eight So,
2: so it's a very real opportunity, possibility that you could be saying on, you know, well, early in the week to your players. All right, par threes. We're hitting to the middle and putting to the pins every single day. Well, if, even with a wedge in hand, I, well, I feel like if, 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 if it dries out, if it yeah, dries exactly. out, if
4: it's soft. And the ball's not bouncing more than let's say a wedge is going one a metre, two metres, or even spinning back, hey, play American golf. But if we get the stuff where a wedge is going five meters or more, we need you know, I need to advise them, you know, this is how you're gonna to have to approach. Otherwise you're gonna have otherwise you got to be mentally disciplined. I know it's match play. So go out, win your match, play go hard, be aggressive, but you you're gonna get beat up certain holes. But it, it will be weather. And that's what Melbourne rules Melbourne and the American courses just don't basically don't have they Mm. don't have the conditions the package i think mike clayton was he on a show a few weeks ago with the pga talking about the setup and stuff Oh yeah Yeah. Yeah, and it was very i think i happened to bump into that somehow and i thought that was very true that you know you you can't you can't make a low score unless you fake something and Mm. it just doesn't feel right Uh,
3: uh, just for those who don't know sunday and the monday so the the president's cup proper the senior version starts on the Thursday, on the Monday and the Sunday previous. That's when the Junior President's Cup is. Carl Phillips, uh, the Florida-based West Australian, is number one in the international rankings at the moment, comfortably, actually. Uh, it looks like a sure bet to represent the international team for the second time in the second edition of this Cup. Um, the other Australians in contention, top 12 go through, Stu, I think. Yeah, you also get one Aussie, no matter what. Well, that'll be Carl? It has to be,
4: no, it has to be one Aussie, even if they, all of them suck there has to be one Aussie in the team.
3: So that'll be Carl at least? Uh, uh, at least Carl, yes. Okay, so I'm yeah. just
4: saying if the, the 20th ranked guy was an Aussie, you yeah, would have him. to go. Okay. 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 Uh,
3: and at the moment, Josh Greer, um, who, who you, I reckon you'd love Josh Greer. Uh, I'm not sure how much you know of him no, yet. No, I know his name, absolutely. Yeah, and Hayden Hopewell, both from Western Australia. Um, both rising young players, outstanding uh, potential for both. Um, Josh Greer's Scottish-born. Um, he's just got that sort of ability to score. Which I think is critical. Of the course as hard as we think it'll be. So yeah,
4: that'll be good. I look and the young. What is the age? It's eighteen, high school and or eight, uh, high, 19 and under. Is it
3: uh, high school and eighteen and under? Eighteen and under.
4: So I mean, this is when I just started to come to golf. So these guys are just uh, a, not, a notch or two above. Like it really, it's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's going to be. I'm, I, I don't know how I'm going to have. How am I going to interact? Because I've got a, 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 a liaison with me, filling me in. Um, but it's just going to be fun to watch and, and, like Ali was saying, just like how will they mentally tack around. And then they get to hang out with the big boys the next week. There's a few well, days there, which is okay. which is pretty <laughs> It'd awesome. cool. It'll be unbelievable.
1: Like, well, you're, I, don't, I don't even know the kind of international demographics of the team, Hazy, but mm. I imagine there's going to be some language issues that you're going to have
4: to have interpreters um, that you're gonna be working through. Good and, question because, you know, how many we mentioned off-air off before, how many of those guys will be – Purely, are they full Korean, or do they actually go to high school? Sure. Yeah. in the states, yeah, ready for a collegiate scholarship. You know, so yeah. I, that'll be one I can answer through my liaison contact. But uh, it, it's certainly Americans. I think have always had an, an advantage in the Presidents' Cup. Sometimes language barriers with us. Uh, we had a, I guess, a course advantage when we won here in '98.
1: But given the success that you were part of '98, the win and the tie in 2003, Three. South Africa. Does it mean? Because you were part of that team that – because all the others have struggled. I mean, there's been various margins. Some have got closer than others, but they've been able to tie or win. How um, how proudly do you, you know, hold your place um, in those two President's Cup teams? Well,
4: I've had a pretty sucky record in President's Cup. Um, right, okay. I had a good amateur record, and I thought I could copy-paste that. But I really found it very difficult. Um, and it was more the mental side, how I managed to deal with it. But 98 – was a tough year because personally that was that was where of I course. had a real knock yeah. around the yeah. six months earlier. So that for me was um, a great team bonding, connecting, hometown. I'm home in Australia. I sort of felt like I don't know. It was a it was a, a great uh, a great personal and professional pat on the back at the end of that year. And then O three was crazy in South Africa. It was just um, mind blowing how dark it was while watching the two greatest oh, yeah. players putt in the dark, and I mean, like, we if you see the flashing of photography, it was like, bow, 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 bow. someone turned on the MCG right mm. in front of you. Mm. Uh, we had the greatest party that night at Ernie's Place. It was mind-blowing. But um, <laughs> but we, I, I really enjoyed even losing. I, I always remember we were the best. We had the greatest time after losing that you could imagine any losing President's Cup, Ryder Cup. Maybe Ryder Cup guys would be better. But I really enjoyed that camaraderie, that team thing. I never hadn't been in anything for teams since I played footy as a kid up home. And I loved it. I really loved it. I got to really dive into people and who, I, who they were. Nick Price has been an idol of mine forever. And yep. we had a great relationship. I remember we came up to the pro shop hole at, at, uh, um, at Royal. Um, and he said to me, he says, Stewie, he goes, get me inside 15 feet. And I've got a seven iron in my hand. And I remember thinking, holy <laughs> oh, crap, that's a good shot. <laughs> like We're coming down to the stretch playing with two of the best players. And so I get it in there and I'm just breathing. I'm like, oh my God. And he makes it. So I'm like, oh, that's awesome. How cool is that? So we get up the old first and uh, now we have to alternate. So I said to him on his second shot, I didn't want to be a smart ass and say 15 feet (laughs) because I thought that's a bit smart. You know, Nick would have taken it, but I just, oh, Nick, just get me inside 30, you know? So I make that putt. He to me like 25. We may end up winning the match. But just nice. a guy like Nick Price yeah. has just been a champion That's forever. Awesome. That's great. And someone to look up to. Um, and maybe these kids will have their day on the Real Big Boys team. And mm. maybe we will turn it around one day.
1: Uh, lots to look forward to. Uh, we better get a break out of the way. Cassie Porter's got to join us next. We've got to wrap up all the other bits and pieces that have taken place around the world this week. We'll do that on the other side of the Stuart app. will be our special guest Inside the Ropes.
0: The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your Golf Link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today, the home of Australian golf.
1: Welcome back to the show, Stuart Apple will be our special guest, but we're just going to park uh, the great man for a moment because, Hazy, there's a lot of young Australian players who are doing some super things around the world at the moment, some doing super things around the world and domestically, and one of those uh, young players is about to join us on the show.
3: Yeah, Cassie Porter, who's uh, one of my favourites, Andy. She's prominent in my black book of uh, hashtag golden era players of the future. So, Cassie, welcome again. Your second time on Inside the Ropes. We didn't scare you off last time.
5: No, 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 you, last time was a bit funny, you shocked me, Hazy, but yeah, no, it's good this time, I've got a bit of a heads up.
3: No, we, last time we shocked her, we had Catherine Kirk, you remember Annie, we surprised Cassie. That's that was, right, exactly right. Uh, and her career's come on in leaps and bounds, and Cassie, we wanted to speak to you primarily because, um, to congratulate you on winning the World Toyota Junior Championship. Thank you. That must have been a great achievement for you in Japan.
5: Yeah, no, it was an absolute honour being able to go over and represent Australia, and um, you know, come away with a result like that. But yeah, no, it was it was great.
3: Because <laughs> I know you love your team aspects of golf. You were prominent for Queensland yeah. a few weeks earlier in the interstate. Do you prefer that side of things as a young player, or are you your intent on the individual things?
5: Um, look, I like both sides. I mean, the individual is great, but it's always nice to go away with the team and you know represent the green and gold amongst other players. You know, um, it's just it's an awesome honour to be able to be picked for one of those teams. But yeah.
3: And when you see the honour roll of those tournaments like the World Juniors, does that sort of yeah. just put that little extra fire in your belly?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a drive being able to go over there and, you know, compete against everyone on the world stage and, um, you know, do your best and hopefully come away with a result, which happened this time, which was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> how,
1: how, how deep did you have to dig to get the result, Cassie? Was it a, was it a hard-fought victory or was it a pretty comfortable one in the end?
5: Yeah, no, it was pretty hard sport. There was a lot of us in the running. Um, but, um, I just kept a good mindset the whole week, really. Um, and, you know, like I was really happy with that part. Um, but yeah, no, it was really good to be able to go over and compete with those people because they were, they're really good golfers. So, you know, it was, um, yeah, no, it was good being able to compete against them.
3: So now, Cassie, we're speaking to you at the moment just before your tea time on Thursday morning yeah. at, at the Queensland uh, Junior Amateur Championship at Carbrook, which is going again pretty yeah. well for you.
5: Yeah, it's going okay. I mean, it could be going better for me, but that's okay. Um, High Park, she's leading at the moment by six. She's eight under total. Um, and she's playing so well, and she'll be hard to catch. But it's moving day today, so hopefully we'll go out and... <laughs>
3: Have a low score. <laughs> well, the reason I ask you about that event at Carbrook Golf Club there yeah. is, is I'm fascinated by the impact already of Hannah Green on not yeah. only not only yourself, but talk in the locker room. Because I'm assuming, and
5: yeah, this is this is absolutely. the question,
3: I'm assuming that uh, her deeds her deeds have already resonated among the, the the girls in in the next wave.
5: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, in the round yesterday, it was so funny. The officials came round and every single one of them asked us about Hannah and it was always the same answer. Like, it's amazing to have one of our own be up there, you know, and win a major. It's just so inspiring for all of the young juniors. And,
2: you know, it's
5: it's someone to look up to, which is great.
1: So after this, Cassie, what does the next um, sort of six to 12 months look like for you? Have you, have you got a, a kind of a plan mapped out?
5: Um. Sort of. Um, next 12 to 18 months. I'm just looking to finish school. Um, but, yeah, like I'll just play some bigger tournaments, hopefully get some invites and see how it go. But, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a jam-packed 18 months, but it's what we love. <laughs>
1: and is the balance difficult? I think we might have asked you this last time, but it kind of yeah. – you've stepped it up to a kind of another level now. Does the balance yeah, – yeah. the, 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 the more um, you kind of pronounce your, your golf becomes – Does that challenge you more um, off the golf course?
5: Yeah, it does in a sense. I mean, year 11 at the moment is pretty hectic, um, but it's just having that motivation to get both done as such. I mean, you just go out and play golf and keep your mind on golf, and when that's done, you get your schoolwork done. So, I mean, it takes a lot of motivation to get the schoolwork done in amongst golf tournaments, but, you know, you just got to get it done because, you know, it's good to have that.
3: We better let it. We better let it go, Andy. She's got a big appointment to shoot a 66 at (laughs) Carbrook today. Exactly, Cassie. Really, we really appreciate you joining us as always. And no, uh, thank you. Hopefully, it becomes a bit of a a tradition in years to come.
5: Yeah, (laughs) of course. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Good on you, mate. Thanks again, Cassie Porter.
5: There's a name to to put (laughs) down
3: in the hashtag Golden Era uh, notebook. Andy, I was so impressed with Cassie, um, not only last year when we first had her on, but I got to watch her, um, I'd watch her a little, but I watched her a lot at Hobart in the Interstate Series um, a couple of months back, and yeah, that she's she's got a couple of stars in my little black book of hashtag golden era, so I've uh, got high hopes, not because she's you know, necessarily the, the best ball striker or best putter or anything like that, which she may well be, but she's got it up in in the head she's yeah. she's a cracker so i got high hopes for her and high park who she's chasing today as we record on on uh, thursday she's a beauty too from queensland as well so i think what she said there about hannah green inspiring the girls is uh really critical and we'll hopefully get to see that a bit more a with hannah b with minji maybe with Suo in coming years i think we could potentially be on the brink of something good
1: well, just a quick word on Hannah. You spoke about her, sorry, to her last and Richie Smith last week about the monumental week that she had. But now that she's been back here for a week and we've seen her conduct herself as a major champion in Australia, what have been your um, thoughts on the way Hannah Green's carried herself the week after?
2: Well, to begin with, she she always carries herself well. That's why you know I talked about it last week. That's why she had so many people waiting for her on the green. Um, for that, for that winning part and that winning moment, and it's also why she said it felt like a home game because mm. she's she is naturally such a cruisy character. We we talked so much about her three wins in twenty seventeen, and it was literally like we were mentioning her every single week on the show, which I which I love. It's true. Um, last year tricky year for her in terms of her rookie year, and and it can't be said enough how tough a rookie year is because you end up playing, and and we've spoken about it over the years. You end up playing probably at least 18 more, more holes of golf each week than the players that know the golf course. At least nine, depends how you manage it. But she she was getting there on Mondays and she wasn't giving herself a day off. And I actually, I caught up with her at the British, Women's British last year and she was in a massive rut. And, I, uh, and her caddy at the time, Paulie said, oh, you know, can you check in with Greeny? Cause I think she's, you know, uh, just a little out of balance. And I went and had a chat with her. And and that's one thing that Aussies do that you, don't, you never see. It's an incredible family. Even the friends that, you know, Hannah and I are 10 years apart age-wise, mm. but it is, it's is—it's like a given that you just go and check in on them in the weeks that things aren't going right. Anyway, so I had a chat with her and she just said, yeah, my rookie year, it's, it's brutal. It's so hard. And, and it's so easy to see the talent from the outside that if she just keeps going and she keeps getting out of her way that obviously there's going to be a win for her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so back, back to your question. Uh, I messaged her I think a day or two ago saying, have you actually – made sure you put aside time to rest as well. Because, like, she's coming home. They're weeks off. But she's been doing so much press everywhere. Like, she's popping up everywhere. Which is great. Which is amazing, which is how it should be. Um, But she's only just starting to kind of really – siphon off some time for herself yeah. now before she'll, um, she'll head back over to the US. So. I'm
3: impressed that she's winning major championships age 11 if you're 21.
4: <laughs> and this is uh, Nathan Green's sister, is that right? <laughs> I, someone was telling him about his Instagram or Twitter, whatever it was, he said, oh no, that's uh, I mean, it's been a bit, Greeny's always been funny, but he goes, everyone's like, congratulations on your sister, whatever and he goes, no, she's different. I, she doesn't choke. So that kind, of, <laughs> that kind of cohort of Australians
1: that Al's talking about, they look after one another, does that ring true to you and your time um, on the
4: playing golf over in America? Um, interesting. I was probably, um, I don't know. I, I don't think we talk about um, our failures as much as we probably should. Like When I was going through a, a, a period or I had a particular tournament where I was really rocked. And I went and talked to. Uh, I was talking to Gio Valiente. Gio used to be a uh, well, he's sports psych, but now he actually works up in Wall Street with bankers and stuff. And he says they're like you guys. They can be scared of performance, and like, do I make the wrong trade? And what if I do this? And my all these sort of things. So I, I I sat down there. I talked about what I what I felt was, what I felt. And he goes, if I lined up all my clients and you sat in the room and I played your video and recorded all your, you'd all be saying the same thing. Yeah, right. You know, I feel this. I feel that. I feel. And I'm like, part of that felt very interesting because you don't, you don't, unless you've got a real close friend, you don't tend to spill your guts Mm -hmm. with against your competitors. I think with team sport, I feel like there might be an opportunity more to say, "Geez, man, I'm so sorry I let you down," Mm. in the back half, and um, uh, whatever. I don't know. Mm. But for golf, we we walk, we do our own locker, we get in our own car, we drive off. I. Didn't talk to other players, but other times I did feel opened up a bit more and they opened up to me and I did feel connection with going, dude, there's people like me out there. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, maybe the ladies are better than that. That wouldn't be surprising for me because men tend to be, We yeah, need it. to open up a bit more and spill our, spill our stuff a bit more.
2: I think that's one of the ways that Kari Webb's actually really, awesome. really led our generation. And, and I have to say, like when I w- went and played in the U.S., she made herself available to me at this at the start of the year, and she. I already knew her by that point in time. I'd already played practice rounds with her at the Australian Opens and stuff like that. So, um, by the time I actually got on tour, she, she. I remember she said, "She's like, here's my number. If you need anything, call me." And she's she's so hands off, but so approachable to mm. the point where you know. I remember at the end of my career, I was playing with glandular fever, and I, I even then, I sent her a text message and said, "Look, I, I'm essentially, I'm trying to keep my card. I've mm. got glandular fever." I'm in, in week 5 of 6 on the road any advice and she she wrote back to me and she sent me a referral to a woman that was um a, special, a specialist in vertigo that I also had at the time. It was really good, good time on. in my yeah. career. Yeah, um, but, she, but she sent me to this, you know, she took the time to talk to all of her people and give me advice even then. And that was just, you know, off the cuff text message that I hadn't even spoken to her about. She's an incredible role model. She's British. a
4: champion. Yeah. I, I haven't met, seen Webby for years, but uh, she was great friends with my first wife, Renee. And and, and we played together back in that, that time. And she was a well beater then and went on to just, you know, run amok there for a while. But that's great. That is, it's uh, something that that uh, that I would probably look back and being that I'm just off the tour a bit now, but and don't, but that's what I would looking. This is a great thing about being old. You get to, I guess, bump some ideas around and mm. what would you do different that would maybe make a difference in the future. Having Nick Price, someone like that, uh, Paul Azinger was one of the first guys that ever came up to me and I got on tour. i I'm, I'm out with the big boys. None of them I know personally. Maybe Mark Amira, Ian Bacon, Finch, but Paul came up to me and goes, "Congratulations, Stuart. Great to see you out here. Good luck." And I went. Oh. Yeah! Wow, mm. you know that was—I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. never forget that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's huge of her, and it's probably as players we should do that more too. I think. I can't
3: hard to imagine her having a bigger legacy than her actual golf, but she's trending that way. Well it's... It should be.
4: I think it always should be because what is a legacy in golf? It's just something that Andy writes down in his books. Well, and that's stats. it, and we move and, on, isn't it? You know, you know? No one, yeah. uh, you know, you still have to put your pants and undies on. And uh. you were talking about this morning on the show about you know athletes and. You know, certainly booing is the big thing we've heard about. And you're like, do you pay your 20, 30, 50 bucks to go the footy? And have you got the right to boo somebody? Is that because you feel like it? <laughs> like, you know, so we, we have our, we, we're all, we all make mistakes. I mean, I think about talented footballer is still just a guy or a girl or a netball. It's just that. And then as soon as they're paid to play the sport, it's like sometimes people think that they should now be different, mm. but surely not. No, no.
1: She's remarkable. Um, what else around the world this week? you uh, in Park gets the job done. She just continues to – I'm not sure how brighter this star can shine, but it's it, it's got some way to go, I think, before it gets to its zenith, this one.
2: She is – I will admit, she is an incredible character in golf that no one knows yet. We
1: don't know enough about her. But we no, will. I, agree. I, yeah. I
2: promise you, because, you know, at the very least, I'll get her caddy, David Jones, on, um, on the show at some point in time. And she – for someone of her supreme talent, she's – and it's hard to say that she's the most talented player on the, you know, on the women's tour at the moment because you've got players like Aria Jutanagan, Brooke, Brooke Henderson, Lexi Thompson, you know, the quarter sisters, um, all in the same sentence. But uh, the way that she looks at her golf with – she looks at it with incredible humility. She's got, uh, I think, 15,000-person fan club back in Korea. So that right? Uh, yeah. it's It is – and, but to the point where if she pulls out of an event, she feels guilty because of all of the people that have booked mm. their holidays to go watch her play. Like, that's so she has, she has such a responsibility and she's so aware of it at, at such a young age. Um, but I just think if she could speak English, she would offer some incredible press conferences. I just think that you'd be amazed at the stuff that's inside her head. So I, I promise you by the end of the year, yeah. we'll, we'll get it out on the show.
1: Any and other he, bits
3: and pieces? Yes, yeah, several. We mentioned Mav Rancliffe and, yep. and Wan Jun Lee. Um, I just want to touch base. Our, our good mate, Bryden McPherson, was runner-up to Mav Rancliffe in China, which is great.
4: Was he? That's awesome. Yeah,
3: fantastic. Good There's on him. another you. story. Good on him. Yep. I don't know how much you've heard of him on the podcast, Stu, but he's a brilliant thinker, Bryden. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah, I've not seen to. him for
4: a while, but bumped into a bit in the US, yeah.
3: Yeah, awesome. And Caden McBride also, T6 in that event. So a great result, result again for Australia in China. Um, a sadder note this week, though – Um. Unfortunately, Colin Phillips, the former boss of the Australian Golf Union, and he held different titles, but was always the boss from 79 through 2005, uh, passed away after a quick and brutal battle with cancer. Um, Yeah, so going back to writing his obituary the other day, it was pretty full on some of the things he's done. you you know, Some people associate him with an, an Australian Open calamity at Victoria or whatever, but that's one- That was my fault, actually.
4: Your fault. We can talk about it another time or not.
3: No, go right now. I, sh-
4: I shot lights out in the pro-am. It was borderline, the golf course. Oh, so they tightened it up. They put all the pins in the middle of the ground. Right, okay. And I shot 11 under in the pro-am. Right. So <laughs> someone saw that and went, oh, well, oh, okay. it borderline can't be that bad. <laughs>
5: right. And it was. It was
4: borderline because the next day I think I shot one, I think I shot one over or two over and I was just pumped.
3: <laughs>
4: right. so, yeah. oh, good
3: he's so got the untold story yeah, yeah it is yeah yeah um yeah but he's done so much uh he had a hand in setting up the world golf rankings he set up the australian golf handicapping system as it is now and just a thousand other things and he'll be really sorely missed he was a he was a good bloke colin phillips and always ready to offer a hand to someone um in the industry who, who reached to him and uh, you know he's that's a sad loss
1: do we like par sixes? Just before we wrap it up, the Challenge Tour over in Slovakia this week. I was reading somewhere the other day that there's a 783 meter, uh, the fifteenth, the <laughs> 783 meter par six. Does I'm still Oh yeah, it must be. Is this nonsense? Six. I mean, it's a gimmick, obviously, and it's never going to catch on. I, I hope not. But is is there any merit at all to incorporating par sixes onto golf courses?
2: Not, I don't think. Not in an age where we're losing golf courses because we don't have enough space. Yep.
1: It's a fair call, yeah. That's a so,
3: drive and a three-wood for you, Andy. Oh, yeah. That's to get it onto the fairway,
1: <laughs> Hazy. I've, uh, got, I've got a couple of okay, last yep, little
3: yep. housekeeping. We've done the Outback Queensland Masters a little bit. Yes, it's we have. up and running, three events down. I don't know if we're going to get to it now, Andy. But, Hazy, um, you've really let us down here. We've been to Roma, Charleville and Longreach already, and it's been a great success. Um, Gross but disappointment but two, by you. <laughs> two big ones coming up before the the grand final, in inverted commas, in Mount We're going to Winton uh, and Boolia. so... Um, get them bored. There's a couple of big musical acts, Andy. Oh if no doubt know, there will be. Yeah, yeah um, Busby Maroo is coming to Bully. Uh-huh. One of my favourites. And really. the Seven Sopranos, and I know that Stu's a big fan of the Seven Sopranos. They're going to Winton. So I've
4: been to Winton Raceway. Of course, you want that Winton. Yeah, yeah. Right no, not the right. Raceway. We're talking about Queensland. Yeah, Queensland. Yeah, no, I've been there. Oh, that's a different yeah. Winton, is it? Uh, Barcaldine, Longreach, yeah. all that out the okay, middle. Of, right I mean, on, there's yeah. some yeah. Tropo Tour stories you can have out there. Oh, the famous Troppo Tour. You get a drop off the grass out there. In fact, we should do. We should do a special
1: inside the ropes one day. Get two three Bikes who cut their teeth on yeah. the tropo to get you all in here at
4: one time. Well, yeah, you need some real veterans. I didn't spend a lot of time there, but oh, you go back to we talked about Ian Baker Finch. You got, I mean, he could tell you stories, those guys. Uh, it's we just
3: a worth pod a week of podcasts. We need to change our rating, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe,
4: maybe,
3: maybe, but yeah, no, that's it. And Seven Sopranos at, at Winton. Um, I thought you were going to say for sure that you were up at the supercars track in central yeah. Victoria. Oh, I've
4: been, I was there a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I was out there. I've, I always love the V8s. And I've actually, again, another subscription I've paid for this year, the Superview, the V8s have. So nice. I watched that from, I think it's outside Australia and New Zealand. You can <laughs> buy the thing for your, yeah, whatever,
3: yeah, 60, yeah. 70 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's coming up, Andy. So Outback Queensland, outbackqldmasters.com. Get aboard it.
1: Uh, Stuart, thanks for coming in. But it's good to see you back home. It's good to be home. Uh, and thanks. great to have you in here having a chat. And um, good luck with everything in front of you. Uh, not only getting the body right in the rest of the golf career, but uh, with those with those young tackers who are going to be representing us in the President's Cup in a couple of months. It'll good
4: be luck. fun. And, uh, yeah, if you bump into me, say hi.
1: We will do that indeed. Al, good to see you.
2: Always a pleasure, boys. Look
1: after yourself, Guru. You too, Hazy. Thanks, Murray. Well done. That's been Inside the Ropes episode 109. Back next week to do it all again.